Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella, and we're here, as always, to discuss everything that happened this week in surfing. First up, Kale Walsh is just one step away from winning the Bitcoin for the Stab Edit of the Year. We'll let you know what he needs to do to get his hands on the $7.50 prize. Also, we're going to be talking about people using smartwatches. Not the ones the WSL is making the surfers wear, but pretty similar, I'd imagine. And basically, we've collated 750,000 sessions worth of data, people from four different continents, and we're going to tell you a lot of interesting facts about surfing. For instance, how long are you actually surfing while you're surfing? We're also going to get into the unusual policies of Chris Christensen. He's sort of this dark alley shaper who's really revered and also just an interesting character and of course we're going to be talking about the world-class surf zone that locals actually want you to visit where is it buck and i will let you know shortly let's drop in all right shirted mikey c we're here with the shirted mikey c this week it's christmas i guess this is your like ugly sweater thing or <laughs> yeah this is my this is my dressing up it's my Sunny Garcia T from Stab circa, I don't know, 2019 or something like that. So that's about as nice as it gets for me for the holidays, for Christmas, family around, you know, got to keep the um, the old chest covered, unfortunately. Well, it caught me off guard, left an impression on me. So well done. I don't know if you saw, but I've paid a surf sin or I've paid a penance. Oh, I saw. I saw. It's so good, too. I love the mix of comments. So Mikey's penance was what was it for you you oh yeah you sacrificed a f- session at lowers where you could surf with what three people or five how how many people were in the heats there three three people okay so mikey could have shared the lowers lineup with three people uh for the u.s board riders championship which i'm sure i'm butchering what exactly it was called but you get the picture <laughs> and he said no i don't want to surf lowers with three people i want to go golf um, I want to go do that. And so his penance was to post a clip of himself claiming a wave on stab Instagram and just let the people respond. And you're a man of your word, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, frankly, it wasn't as bad as I thought because the claim was subtle. And I will say that like, I feel like now in retrospect, I wish the claim had been a little bit more over the top, but it is so hard to like artificially claim a wave like I've definitely claimed waves in my life but mostly it's just like that reaction like I can't believe that just happened and you're just like you know what I mean like it's just such a natural response to something that you just basically defied what you thought was humanly possible for yourself at least and to force it it feels so strange like it I don't know. And then you think about all the guys in competitions that do it on like every wave over six, five. And it's like, holy shit, like they're either like really, really feeling that or they have just reached a new level of like consciousness where they just do not give a fuck. I mean, if you need like a three at the end of the heat and you happen to get three, you're going to be you're going to feel something like I get that. That's true. But your claim, I don't know. I like the subtle nature of it. I thought, you know, it would have been lame if it was like clearly like an ironic claim you know if it was just like a whatever wave and you claimed outrageously that would have been way worse than just this subtle one that we got and i mean it's a good mix of comments some people are like oh is this the penance and some people are like why why did this guy claim this wave (laughs) any comments stick out to you anybody uh uh, yeah stand out from the rest Uh, 
I gave him one pass and then I let it go. I, I realized that nothing good was going to happen for my mental health in that comment section. So wow. I decided to, yeah. This is a battle-hearted man. This is a man who's been working in surf media for how long, Mikey? Six, seven years maybe now? Oh, uh, this man has just been taken out by disgust <laughs> and he just knows it's just it's just ignorance is bliss this is because when we get new people they're so concerned about the comments and somebody says one little quip and they like take it real personally it takes you six or seven years to just be like no i'm just not looking just i'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna go eat some ice cream instead <laughs> all right let's get into this week's news no 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 not yet mikey i got something okay. to say all right what do you got you know this is a sticky point for me but I'm in California at the moment, and I, I was complaining the other week about the surfline's language. Well, we're coming back to this because poor, I just think it's offensive. It's offensive mm. in this day and age, and this, you know, it's very classist, surfline. But you know what I realized? It's not as bad as fair, especially California fair. Because it has said two to three and fair, which seems fine, fair. It says fair. Every day I look at the ocean. It's fucking not surfable. Who is this fair to? Is it fair to the 9.83 million people living in Los Angeles? Is it fair to the 3.1 million in Orange County? Is it fair to the 3.286 in San Diego County? Is it fair that in San Diego you pull, you go to Encinitas and there's a big billboard right now and it says Christmas wish list, e-bike, surfboard, and then like an internet thing. Is that fair? So I'm done with it, Surfline. <laughs> Figure this shit out, all right? It's almost 2023. On to the news. Balaram Stack and Molly Picklum win the Vans Pipe Masters. Mikey, you and Stace had a great podcast dissecting this, but I just wanted to read something out loud so we can talk about the Vans Pickup. Ooh, all right. Pickup. Here we go. Here we go. You've seen that one, yeah? I have. I certainly have. I think we agree about our favorite part, stalling, right? Are we just, are we stall fans? Yeah, which seems weird because in surfing, you're supposed to like going fast. So why are we so enamored with slowing down? Yeah, and I just had never, again, six, seven years of surf media, you think you've kind of, every story, or not every story, but a lot of stories feel like you've seen something like it somewhere, but it's probably different people, different eras, so you're adding something new. I'd never seen stalling dissected before. I was like, that's actually new. I I don't remember seeing anything well, that it's just new broke and down the old. history of slowing down. It's very old, too. Apparently, it started in the 60s. Uh, yeah. With, was it Phil Edwards? Phil Edwards, I think, and then Herbie Fletcher is taking it to the next level. How good is he features in this episode of The Pickup, and he's just incredible. I mean, he's Herbie Fletcher. He's Herbie Fletcher, and he seems like the type of person that um, he speaks loud. I, I like to imagine him just going to restaurants and speaking just over the just <laughs> louder than everybody else, and I think that's the way it should be. Well, and he also, I mean, Christian Fletcher is, you know, regarded as the, the first person to really bring airs mainstream, but Herbie Fletcher was the first guy getting his fins out. He was getting that fin out, and he found a very creative, <laughs> stalling kind of way to do it. It's incredible. But yeah, this this is a segment in the first episode of our Vans pickup, which is going to take us through the 2023 Vans Digital Triple Crown season. Not only do we have stalls, history lesson with a lot of the now too, we get a special cameo with an Andy Ironsboard, which is, 
another highlight. It's hard to say stalling is a highlight when we have this 5.8 board that Eric Arakawa shaped for Andy Irons, his last quiver that Arakawa shaped for him. It's got that rising sun graphic, and it has a nice little beach day at Ayukai. Another banging segment. Well, I'm with Dylan on this one. So Dylan Graves is obviously one of the hosts of this show, and he went into Eric's, I guess it was sort of like the, you know, what would you call it, the attic of the, the factory there? And he found these, I think it was five or six boards that Eric literally finished the morning that Andy passed away. He like put them on the rack. He's like, okay, these are ready for the winter. And of course, Andy would never get to ride them. But when Dylan came across them, he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then Eric started saying like, oh, what if you rode them? And Dylan was petrified. He was terrified. Petrified. It's like if you were like at a party and you see like the hottest woman you've ever seen in your entire life and you're like oh my god she's like so far out of my league and it would be like she just walked up to you with like no like for talking or anything just like hey let's get out of here and you just be like what what uh, what huh? <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> just so scared and um i'm with him like i i would have been terrified to ride that board because it's like surfing badly on it can only be a reflection of yourself so it's just this like uh, the most pressure cooker instance ever like dylan's surfed in ct events i bet he was more nervous riding that andy board you could tell i right when that is kind of transpiring in the attic he gets so nervous i loved his analogy i think he called it like in that movie sandlot when they're playing baseball with a ball signed by the great bambino um, yeah, you'd feel weird. You just feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Um, and I mean, Arakawa comes off so good here. Obviously, if you've seen any pretty much wave from, if you've paid attention to anything happening in Hawaii for the past 20 years, you've seen a lot of his boards. Um, and he just speaks so well and he's just so kind of kind and calm throughout the whole interaction. And he's just, even with that board that he made for Andy, he's like, look, surfboards are meant to be ridden. Like, let's just go honor him on it at a fun day at the beach park. And obviously, you know the North Shore this time of year. You just, if you stay in one place long enough, it will become a conjugation of some sort. Like, it will just, it, it's just, the only way that you cannot, you know, get a little bit of a gathering going is if you just keep bobbing and weaving if you're just in one stationary place especially if it's like a central place like the beach park on a small day people are just going to kind of show up so dylan takes it out and then this thing gets ridden by a bunch of special guests mason ho i was i was freaked out by the i don't think i would have been able to catch a wave on it just because no traction pad on a board that's a 5a i i can't it's embarrassing what happens to that thing (laughs) under my feet mason ho is used to that. He surfs it really well. So does Coco. So does Mana Chandler, Legend Chandler. It's um, another great segment. The pickup is off to a great start. Yeah, and we also get a full segment with Leandro Dora, who's sort of this secret Brazilian super coach. I mean, not really a secret, but like kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I feel like for a while, like Glenn Hall was like the guy who had the juju. And then it was so-and-so. And And then, you know, Matt Myers has been having a great run in the Challenger series. But Leandro is sort of, I think, going to be the next guy. Like, you already saw... I mean, first of all, he's partly responsible for Adriana D'Souza's World Championship, which 
has to make him the best coach of all time. Got him. And then he comes in and he starts coaching Jack. Jack wins his first event starting with him in Barra, and you see what he's done since then. He's basically become one of the top five surfers in the world. He was he finished the year in second place, you know, before the WSL finals. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Yago is going to have a crazy year this year as well, just based off how well he performed in the back half of 2022 after he came back from his injury. He looked like a top five surfer to me. So I don't know. Leandro, super, super cool. And um, yeah, again, just another really good episode of the pickup. And before we leave, I want to know, Buck, frontside or backside, what is your favorite stalling technique? Two pies in the oven. Come on. Just like Damien Hobgood. Two pies. Just like Damien Hobgood taught us, brother. <laughs> love it all right well yeah you can catch the pickup now on stab is it a stab premium or is it youtube it's prem if you're not premium we're gonna get to that at the end but if you're not premium then no go away kale walsh's idiot box wins people's choice for 2022 stab edit of the year this was funny because it was the first entrant into this year and it just didn't leave that spot i mean by when you're first in you're just naturally first and then nobody else nobody else outdid the kid um pretty impressive because like i feel like with a lot of these award show things it's often people who do things toward the end of the period when people are actually like voting and thinking about it and it's fresh in their mind that they're like oh that thing but kale to bring it in in the beginning of the year and still win for the people's choice is really really cool yeah, and to your point with the whole recency bias, I mean, I'd still have a similar list to this, but the race for a second was super tight. All these people had between 10 and 11% of the vote. Albie Lair, Parker Coffin, and Leo Fioravanti, who all were later in the year. Um, it was that close. It was in that order, and it was between 10 and 11. Nobody cracked above that 11 point, 11 percentage range. And Cal was up there, at, I think, at 41. So, wow. He kind of ran away with he the thing. He smoked him. Yeah, he ran away with it, which is not really a surprise, but it was, I mean, he deserved it. He put a lot into that edit, and it is one you should watch and watch and rewatch. And now his last barrier between him and the Bitcoin is the Stab Surfer of the Year panel. So 50 of the most influential voices in surfing, they have their say. As a reminder, the longer films we're calling them, things longer than around 20 minutes, such as Noah Dean's Nazvid, John John's Gravity, uh, the Cole Pinto Brothers' DNA. That's, glad you uh, scored. Glad you scored. These are all kind of the favorites this year. That's all looked at differently. That's all looked at as films because they're longer. And so Kale just needs to win the stab surfer of the year pick for edit and i don't want to speak too soon but from what i hear he's it's not looking bad for the kid yeah and he is a lucky boy because if i know anything about kale it's that if he wins this bitcoin there's almost no way that he goes through the trouble of like setting up a digital wallet and (laughs) figuring out how to convert the thing to cash so he's just going to be sitting on this bitcoin 
and it's just going to go up and up and up and up. So by the time he finally is like, oh, yeah, don't I have like a Bitcoin? It's going to be worth like $10 million. But what about, isn't there stories about people like losing them on hard drives and shit? Is he going to get like, is he going to be able to hack 10 years from now? <laughs> is he going to be able to get it? Is he going to have to dig up his like old iPhone X? And by then he's wearing fucking goggles and he needs to figure out how to get it out of his iPhone X. Like how... That's what I'm worried about for him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We're going to have to figure out a way to transfer it that, I don't know, somebody who is somewhat technical has <laughs> has some oversight. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. So, Kale, um, let's get your financial consultant involved here, and, and we'll make you a rich boy in about 10 years. Yeah. it's uh, Just don't forget about it, Kale. But first, got to win, but the people like you and uh yeah it's not looking bad so we'll keep you posted the first stab surf of the year story is going to roll out right before the end of the year and then they'll be going every week in january so you'll get to see this i guess we can call it a race we'll get to see it kind of taking shape in real time and it's not just the end of the year the film of the year it's obviously stab surf of the year too so see who wins that and we have youtube channel of the year this year too and then best junior so We've got a lot to pay attention to with that one coming up. What 750,000 smartwatch track sessions reveal about the way we surf? All right, we promised this story last week, and now it is here. We worked with the crew at the Dawn Patrol app to see how you surf, see how we all surf. Basically, you can... Wear an Apple Watch like the WSL wants you to. Be a good fan. Wear the watch. Wear the watch, Iago. Put it on. Um, and you don't have to be on the CT. They'll just track you, your session anyway. This app will... I mean, there's basics. Like, you know how long you surf for, right? Like, it's not hard to figure out. I paddle out at 11. I came in at 12.30. Okay, I surf for 90 minutes. That's not a tough stat to figure out for all of us. What is kind of tough is... Anything beyond, like, five waves, I don't know how many waves I caught. Like, have you ever came in and said, like, I caught eight waves? Like, has that happened to you? No. I lose it at five. Five I can get, and then it's just game over. Ten, no way. I've never counted to ten waves, even though that's kind of, like, the goal (laughs) sometimes. But never counted that. And then we were also able to take their data from, like I said, nearly a million sessions and figure out how long people usually wait for waves how long people have to paddle to get each wave, and then basically taking that number of like, okay, most people surf for this long, most people spend this much amount of time on their feet, and so I think the most interesting stat that's in here for me is the amount of time we actually spend on our feet surfing while surfing. Three fucking percent. And it's like, what do you think you... like? it's such a crazy stat and it's not that it doesn't make sense like when you think about it logically it makes perfect sense but it is kind of crazy to think that you're only doing the thing that you think you're doing for three percent of the time and it i think the the writer mitchell shepherd really gets into that in like an existential sense it's like what is surfing you know what i mean like is it is it checking the waves is it like at what point do you start surfing you know what i mean because it's certainly not when you stand up on a wave I guess a lot of people would say when you paddle out, you start surfing, but I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. And it makes you think like, how do you spend the 97% of the time that you're out in the water and you're not standing up on a wave? Like, obviously we're paddling a lot. We're sitting a lot, blah, blah, blah. But like most of us aren't listening to like 
most of us don't have headphones in, you know, most of us obviously we're not like texting or doing work somehow. So it's like, how are you spending that time? If not even physically, then mentally, um, do you, do you feel like you have a good grasp of what your brain is doing when you're surfing? It really depends. Um, I sometimes wish that I didn't work in surfing because I feel like it'd be way more of a shut off. Like sometimes I go surfing and I think about naturally like part of my job is to think about potential surf stories and those kind of come to mind and it's work. And then I have to like find myself thinking about, okay, who could write this? How could it look all that? And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm actually surfing. I should focus on that. I should like, you know, check out these birds or like, look at the way the sun's hitting this cliff. Oh, wait, hold on. I just realized you haven't written a misc in a long time. Have you? No, they're coming back though. I think it depends. Oh my God. Buck is having a crisis. I think that's when you think of them, right? Is when you're surfing. That is. So you've either not been surfing or you've been having some sort of mental breakdown. It's the latter. <laughs> it's all over Surfline's language. <laughs> it just it just threw me off the ledge. Fucking Surfline. God damn it. All right. So sorry, continue. Yeah, let's see. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You happy with yourself? Fair. Who's it fair to? But yeah, I it's it's interesting like like you said that three percent stat isn't surprising and i think for most people like yeah imagine even if you live 30 40 minutes from the beach say you're gonna go surf with your friends i would argue that surfing starts then like your friend picks you up you're you're clearly switching modes like say you're working or you're dealing with whatever it is as soon as you get in the car with your friend maybe you're listening to certain music or just talking about surfing checking the waves and there's kind of this loose energy like that that's part of why we all do it, I think. That's why I think I like a lot of... One of the reasons I like a lot of Dane stuff, especially around Ventura, it shows you like what that kind of feels like. Like That's such a big part in his Chapter 11 stuff, and it it does just kind of give you this feeling like, yeah, that is so separate from, I'm sure, what Dane does when he's in his work, Brian. Like, he's just like in a parking lot drinking beers with his friends, and like that's surely part of why we all like to surf, you know? Um, and so I'm counting that. But the the 3% stat just really, it just shoves it in your face. One thing I think about a lot too is paddling. I kind of hate paddling. I think everybody hates paddling, especially when I love paddling. Really? Love it. Because to me, surfing is my exercise for the day. So I would so much rather, like if I'm going to go surf for an hour or an hour and a half, I want to be paddling the entire time that I'm not standing up. I don't want to be sitting. I get that, but I feel like there's just a natural reaction to have your blood boil when you're trying to go somewhere in the ocean saying no (laughs) like you really want to get to this this top of the point or whatever it is and the ocean is just making it really hard or like if you're somewhere and you don't get a good wave and you realize like you get caught inside and you're like like imagine you're at Haliva my favorite wave in the world and (laughs) you just you went too far and you had to go left and you're just you uh you just look at where you're at and how far you are from where you want to be. I guess I'll even is different because you kind of get to ride the little merry-go-round around to get back out. Yeah. But it happened to me today, surfing Hermosa, like the spot obviously from Stab High, Costa Rica. And I just got one of those like mystical 30 wave sets on the head that like don't happen when you're sitting out the back, but somehow happen when you're on the inside. And it's it just gets to a point of like comedy almost. <laughs> like you're like, how, how is this still going? I wish I appreciated paddling more. I wish that, yeah, just it didn't just feel inconvenient. I agree with you. It is exercise for the day, and sometimes I do think about it like that. 
and even still, I can't find a way to actually enjoy it. I'll still just be like, okay, this sucks. I want to be there, and I'm not. Well, we're paddling, on average, according to the Dawn Patrol app, 2.2 kilometers or roughly 1.5 miles per session, which is, like, pretty far. And also, that's, like, uh, who knows how accurate these things are, right? Because, for instance, today I got a 30-wave set on the head. Probably didn't move more than 10 feet for that whatever six minute span seven minute span eight minute span whatever it was and like is that tracking that as distance because i certainly should have paddled like if i was in a pool i would have paddled who knows how far in that amount of time but yeah it's like when i hear 1.5 miles of paddling that feels like a long time like think about paddling the entire beach like for instance on stab highway this past year in california we had people paddle all of ocean beach which is three miles they were downwind they had the tide in their favor, and still it took them like 45 minutes of straight paddling. Like, that's proper workout. Well, another interesting thing about this story is it breaks these stats down by region. Um, and that's just funny to see. Like, seeing Europe take out the most distance paddled per session, I'm like, yep, I agree with that. Like, yeah, that, that, that makes, makes sense. perfect yeah. sense, <laughs> which is probably why I'm on here complaining about paddling. <laughs> um and then average waves per session first of all average session for them right around 90 minutes i would bet that say you use this app i would bet that if you know you're going for a quick few waves you wouldn't put the watch on and use it you just you know you wouldn't want your your 20 minute one tarnishing mm. your reputation mm-hmm. on there so it says average sessions 90 minutes which i get like i think that that is probably average for a lot of people and then 11 to 12 waves per surf. Um, it, it breaks my golden rule, but I agree. I think I usually end up in that range too. So it's funny, but I do just need to call out, for the record, it's three. It's three and you're good, but you know most of us get 11 to 12. Any other stats that stuck out to well, you? Well, it made me actually think about something that I heard outside of surfing. So I wonder if people who have this app and they have friends that have this app, if they're like comparing and like competing almost about whether it's how many waves that they caught within a certain amount of time or how far they paddled or whatever. I remember, I I forget where it was exactly, but I was listening to a podcast and somebody told me that he had this group of friends and they basically all had this agreement that and apparently their spouses were in on it and okay with it but apparently every time that they were going to have sex they would turn on the like workout mode on their apple watch and they would so they would start it at the beginning and they would hit it at the end and it was like basically a a competition to see like who i don't know if it's like all about duration or if it's about like energy expenditure or what but it's like sex athlon via these smart watches so i wonder if people are doing this with surf that is hilarious i mean if not it should and actually if you if you're curious to um do mikey's thing have at it i don't really have any advice for you other than <laughs> good luck with the conversation uh if you are curious about this dawn patrol if you have an apple watch the app is free but if you want, we are offering our premium members a three-month trial of their their more premium service, which is called Soul Surfer. You'll see a link at the bottom of the page on this if you read the story. But basically, the Soul Surfer will give you more stats, especially real-time stuff. If you want to know about certain, you know, you can link it up with Surfline and get some, see what the swell is doing real-time, all that type stuff. So if you are interested, you'll see that link at the bottom of the page. And um, 
good luck with uh, doing Mikey's contest thing. I, I wish you all very well. The unusual policies of Chris Christensen. He is an interesting man, and we're going to hear from this story's writer to explain just how interesting he is. What's up, guys? Holden here. I'm the one with uh, only one vowel in his last name. And I wrote the story that's on the site right now titled The Unusual Policies of Chris Christensen. Uh, I'd known about Chris for a while. I feel like most of us have. He's done a really good job branding himself. But I'd always sort of just thought about his boards as like they were gloss coat mid-lengths and oversized fishes that dads with sprinter vans would hang on their walls. However, my friend Charlie, who's worked with Chris for a really long time, informed me that that's actually not the case, and he makes some really sick high-performance shortboards, as well as snowboards with Jeremy Jones that sell out every year. So I was definitely intrigued, thought I could make a good story, and wanted to get to know him. So I called him up. We had a really long conversation, long, much longer than I could fit into the article. And the whole time he was super honest, really straightforward, super engaging, and really opinionated, which is kind of a dream for a journalist because that gets people engaged. And we talked about sort of the start of his career and his mentors, who were Dick Brewer and Skip Fry, two very different shapers, their differences I go into in the article. And then we also talked about how right after... Greg Long won the Eddie on one of Chris's boards, which is a huge moment for any shaper. Chris decided to turn his website off, which was pretty baffling. And shape boards without logos by hand for people by word of mouth. So I sort of got to know why he did that and how it worked out for him. And a few other interesting tidbits and quirks about him, his personality, his business, his shaping. Um, he was a really cool guy. The comment section was interestingly controversial. So uh, if you want to join that conversation or just have a read through the article, uh, it's on the site right now. Cheers, guys. I have a question for you. Do you think grumpy people are drawn to shaping because it allows them to basically be in a room all day just sawing things? Or do people become grumpy via the transformational practice of shaping? Oh, that is a deep philosophical issue. I mean, what about Eric Aokawa? He was happy. He was happy. But I think, I mean, they're, they're, of course, they're, of course, happy shapers. But I would also say that grumpy shapers, first of all, are the majority. And two, are just like this amazing stereotype that we have in surfing. And I just love to see it perpetuated. Yeah, well, you know what I've noticed more than anything with shapers actually is... Uh, lack of communication skills just good at getting back to you just once every 13 days have you any any other constants between shapers you've picked up i mean you've you've dealt with a lot of them i mean they all care so deeply so so deeply about surfboards but to a point where i think a lot of them get like probably too technical to the point where people don't understand or they don't care or it just all sounds like the same snake oil bullshit, basically. Um, but, and I think that's probably where the grumpiness comes from, is people not being on their level of understanding or care for surfboards when they've dedicated their entire lives of just being in a dusty room, <laughs> just hacking away on these things and making these beautiful creations. Um, so I, I guess it makes a lot of sense when you think about it in that way. But 
Chris Christensen, I believe, is on a different level. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, okay. So just for, for some context, like Chris has been shaping forever. Brad Gerlach is like his, you know, biggest proponent. He says the boards are amazing. Obviously, Greg Long wrote him. He won the Eddie on one. So this guy has like serious pedigree in shaping. And he prices his boards as such. Most of his boards sell for over $1,000 US. And the thing that stuck out most to me in this was basically the the stab in the dark stuff and the electric acid stuff. So, you know, like Chris said, we've invited him multiple times to the electric acid surfboard test. Every time he said, no, I want to be in stab in the dark. I personally uh, reached out to him to do, or I guess I didn't speak with him, but I, I used a third party source to reach out to him to do a joyride. And he said, no, I'm not doing the joyride. I'll do stab in the dark. So he's basically like Mikey Wright. He's like, I'm not fucking with this little league bullshit. I'm going straight to the CT. <laughs> and so far, it hasn't quite worked out like that. But he also said that even if he got invited to Stab in the Dark, he might say no to that too. Yeah, and now, I mean, the Mikey Wright thing doesn't work anymore. They don't let wild cards get through. That's true. So the time has passed. But that being said, I also think it's amazing how he has this 100-day-in-the-surf, 100-day-in-the-snow rule. If for nothing else, then just like it just forces you to stay active. Like I think people who set goals like that and achieve them, those are like the best kind of people because I don't know, it's just there's something really special about overcoming all the little mundane problems that come over, that come up in a day to day, you know, like, like when I think about surfing, like, so I don't snowboard that much. So if I, my equivalent of that would be surfing 200 times a year. And over the past few years, I definitely haven't been able to do that because life circumstances, I've told myself, have sort of precluded that. But in reality, if I had set a goal like that, you probably could have pulled it off. You know what I mean? It would have taken some effort. It would have maybe taken a little bit less sleep, a little bit more work, etc. But I could have done it, I'm sure. And I appreciate people who set goals like that and go out and achieve them. inside the world-class surf zone that locals actually want you to visit wow look at that they actually want you to visit mikey but not you you're you're regular foot this is the left this is yeah i was gonna say this place looks terrible all the waves are going the wrong way oh i feel that way about so many parts of the world <laughs> morocco right near where i live incredible world-class great place not going i've been once before but not going back so buck basically wrote this entire piece he actually set up a surf camp at this place a hundred percent owned uh by me now this is this is a really interesting story so if you've been around stab premium a while you might remember a film called water get no enemy which was about a young generation of surfers in liberia liberia is a nation in africa that has had a tough time they had two really, really intense civil wars, um, and then they dealt with the Ebola crisis. During the civil wars, a lot of the kids there were forcibly made to be soldiers. And so the focus of Water Get No Enemy was kind of on these kids and how this generation that, or this age group of people that used to be forced into war are now... A lot of kids are surfing, and then even some of the kids that were forced into war are now surfing as well. Former just child soldiers that now find some peace in surfing. It was a really, really good documentary. And if you read this story, you'll see a link. There's basically, it's on a, a website now that lets you watch for free 
through some sort of charitable mechanism, which is cool. But basically, when this film lived on Sad Premium last year for about 10 days, to get the rights to it, we agreed to donate to this GoFundMe, which was to build a surf camp for people in the, the main surf hub there, Robertsport, which is a town with like five left points, and it's great. Awful. And we also encouraged our... <laughs> yes, Mikey. It's finally... <laughs> let us have one. You guys have what? so many good rights. Just let us have one, okay? What's, ro- what's wrong with Chile and Peru? Far away. Anyway, we encourage you guys to donate as well. Turns out it all worked out. This surf camp got built. Uh, When I say surf camp, clubhouse, I think, is the word they use, and it seems more fitting. It's basically a place where they can conjugate, leave boards, fix things, do the whole nine. They have step one of building it, and now step two are to build some more accommodations in town. The cool thing is it's all 100% locally owned. Even the land is owned by the locals. There is a board there including the local surfers and headed by the local chief. And it's kind of this cool example of, okay, people figuring out like this place has waves. There's some people that live here that surfing is new to them. It's the wave quality without a doubt warrants international surf tourism. It's a safe place now. And people are just trying to do it right. It's a small place. So I think it's easier to control things in a smaller place, but it's this really cool example of, people trying to actually do some shit right when in terms of when it comes to getting people down to a place to surf some world class waves. So it's a really nice read and I really want to go. And it's a great place for specifically Americans to visit because it's one of just three countries in the world that uses the imperial system. Did you know that? I did not know that. They use feet. Yeah. No way. Yep. And you can also surf in the third one besides the U.S. that is using the imperial system. You can surf in all three imperial system countries. What's number two? Well, Liberia. And then number three is M- Myanmar, formerly known as Burma. Wow. I, how, why do they do that? Why does anybody do that? Um, <laughs> so they are having their 10th annual Liberian Surf Championships in May. Um, I might try to make it down for that. It sounds like a really cool thing. 10th anniversary is huge. And it's just, it's a cool story. It's such a cool example of people doing things right. And it's lefts. So we'll keep you posted on this doing one. Doing things right, going left. Doing things right. And we're and going to start left. the Imperial Surf Federation and USA all the way. <laughs> All right, it is almost time for a surf sin, but first, it's time to talk about what's coming up next. Next Wednesday, we will have Ramble On with Katie Simmers dropping. This is the Santa Cruz episode, not the one where I live in, the one in California. We also have Stab Premium's two-year anniversary, which means we're getting a letter from Sam McIntosh that will be published on the site. We'll probably email it to all Premium members as well. It's a letter. you got to email letters. That's what emails are for. And a note on that one, on January 6th, a great day for Conan Hayes, the price of Stab Premium is going up, but not for you if you're already a premium member. Basically, if you're already a member... Oh, I was about to storm the castle. Oh, do not storm it. January 6th, we're anticipating that. That's why we have it on this day. Um, but if you're already a Stab Premium member... And if you're not, sign up before January 6th because this counts for you too. You're grandfathered into the price. So 
who knows how much more we're going to raise it in the coming years, but it's just be a little light bump up. Don't don't get too concerned now. But if you already are locked in, your price remains. So you're going to pay your yearly, your monthly, whatever it is. Get yearly. You know, you're not just going to come on for a month. Get yearly. What are you doing? But do it before January 6th because that way you get a better deal. And on that note too, another thing, you get videos coming. We've got some great stories coming. We also have a giveaway on Boxing Day, which was invented by the Queen of England to honor Mike Tyson. Through January 3rd, STAB Premium members will be able to throw their hats in the ring. If you're an OG STAB Premium member, you have a STAB hat. Throw a backup one in the ring. You want to hold on to that. But basically, Premium members, you will have a chance to win a trip for two to Secret Sumatra, which is an incredible resort in a place where I'm just going to say it's was home to the best surf trip I've ever taken. It's in South Sumatra. The amount of waves there, I don't even want to say too much. It's just you should enter this thing. You should uh, you should treat yourself. So this is open to STAB Premium members only. We'll have more info going out on the site early next week. But Boxing Day, the 26th of December through Jan 3rd, you'll be able to enter this and... I mean, it's only premium members, so you're not going against the whole database. You're not going against all the heathens out there, just your fellow. It feels like you're trying to get us to subscribe, Buck. Well, subscribe already. Do it now. Buy it Buy it as a gift. Buy it for a, a significant other and for yourself. It's great. Get in there. Conan Hayes, January 6th. Let's storm the castle, and it's time for a surfsin. Hey, Buck. Hey, Mikey. What's going on? Got a surfsin here for you. So I'm selling this board on Craigslist, and I know that might be the sin right there, but I'm moving. Two days, the board's gotta go. I meet up with this guy in a sketchy part of San Francisco, and he won't stop sniffling. I look around, and there's two or three crackheads meandering about the street, and I'm thinking, I better drop a pen and let somebody know where I'm at in case I don't make it. So he's looking at the board, giving it the old board check putting it under his arm, rubbing his hands all over it, sniffling, talking about how he's going to ride this 5'9 potato chip all winter at Ocean Beach. He starts eyeballing the rails, going on about how the shaper needs to work on his rail game, and ends up passing on the board. So now I'm sitting here with this cracked COVID, Craigslist contaminated surfboard in my trunk, and I'm feeling a bit dirty, boys. Absolve me. It's like a it's like a story more than a sin almost. I mean, it's I'm gonna eventually arrive to where I think he sinned, but it's a good story. It's an amazing story. I loved it so much, and I just it you know I just hope for Chris Christensen's sake that wasn't one of his boards because he would be really grumpy about that. Let's hope. Potato chip <laughs> said. Yeah, okay, so as someone who has spent a lot of time on these sites, and not just surfboards, I love just haggling with people on there, you got to realize it's a give and take. You don't win every time, okay? you gotta you got to get through these. you got to get through some bad interactions to eventually get the good deals. So I think you need to accept that, and my penance is to just keep on getting involved on these secondhand sites until you find a great board. You have a $120 budget to get a new board. That's what I'm giving you. Your penance is to find a good board for under 120 
I don't care how long it takes you. A good way to get creative on here is to go away from the coast. That's where you'll find people who, you know, might be sitting on like a pretty iconic shaper and have no idea. So little tip there for when you're digging around the sites. But that's my penance. $120. That's all you have to spend and find a good board. And you'll you'll see that it's just a give and take and you don't win all the time. You got to get through the... You know, you got to get through it all to get the diamonds in the rough. And I will say, having watched Buck in Hawaii last year, this is perfectly attainable. Like 120 is almost like a, a golden goose egg. Oh, you're getting a you're getting a great you're getting some good stuff. Yeah, so. maybe not in Santa Cruz, but you know, you go into you go to Bakersfield, you'll find some gold in there. I'm not saying that you won't get COVID or any even assaulted in some way for it, but it's about the board, okay? Yeah. So there's my penance. All right. So my penance is different. So, well, first of all, I guess I want to ask you about, because you've been in a lot of these interactions. Do you think that the guy's rail comment was an actual critique of the board or it was a bargaining tactic? Like, you know, when you go and you, you know, you're looking at a car or whatever and you're like, oh yeah, but it's got like a little scuff over here. Maybe take 500 off for that. Do you, do you think this was, yeah, you tell me. I think it's a bargaining tactic. It's hard. Like, you need to be able to, when you make a comment like that, you need to be able to back it up. You know, you can't just say, this guy doesn't know how to shape a rail. You have to say, this board is wrong. You can't just make something, some vague remark like that, you know? So it's hard to say. I mean, this guy was apparently a crackhead with COVID, so it's really hard to say what he was doing. Um, But it is, to your basically answer your question with, out answering your question, that's a great bargaining tactic. I just don't know what this COVID crackhead was doing. Okay, so my penance is going to be a little bit different and a little bit more work intensive, but I think it could be really rewarding. Um, I don't really think this person did anything wrong, but he clearly wants to, you know, have something done to him. So here's what we're going to do. The guy was talking about the rail work. I actually think it'd be really cool. People used to do this all the time, but nobody does anymore. But I want you to get an old longboard or like maybe even like an old mid-length, something that's got a little extra foam to it. And I want you to delaminate it. And I want you to shape that thing down to a board that you think would be fun. So whatever that means, like, I mean, I don't know if you need to to get the full saw out or if it's just going to be sort of like a planer and some sandpaper and whatnot. But I want you to shape your own rails shape your own outline, and make a board that has a story. And next time that you get to have this Craigslist interaction and the guy, you know, criticizes the rails, you say, fuck you and punch him in the face because you shaped those rails. See that? I mean, this is all kind of coming full circle because I was just thinking about all the work that this guy has to do. And I was like, oh, wow, his loved ones are just going to watch him go grow grumpier and grumpier as he's just peeling the he's just gonna change they're gonna see even like you know when sometimes they show you photos like a president before and after it looks like they aged they're just gonna see this guy and then by the end you came full circle because he is gonna try to fight so he's just gonna be so grumpy after one surfboard shape and that way he'll appreciate surfboards more so i like it all right one more note before we go on the surf sins so It's almost a new year. I think we might have one more episode to the new year, but it's getting close. We're going to have a healing competition, okay? Everybody knows health in this day and age, the day and age of social media, health is a competition. You are not healthy unless you're posting about on social media. It doesn't matter if you ate a smoothie. Or having sex longer than your friends. Or having sex longer than your friends. Health is a competition now. It's not something personal. It is something that you do to show your status. I guess it's always kind of been that. You want to be healthy to like, you know, breed, but 
it's very clear in this day and age of Instagram. So where am I going with this? We need more surf sins. I mean, we still have a few that we're sitting on, but I want surf sin videos, folks. 2023, I want surf sim videos. And to kick this off, it's going to be a competition. So if you've been sitting there and you want to confess for the new year, get a weight off your shoulders, send us a video of your surf sin. Where this is going to get interesting is have some fun with the video. The best video is going to be the one that's just kind of, I don't know if you want to think about the setting a bit, like maybe tap into some inspiration from like those old kind of crime series where somebody's like speaking with like, you know, their voice is kind of fucked up and you can't really see their face. I don't know if you want to wear a mask, but basically best video is going to win a stab t-shirt and you're going to feature on the stab Instagram and the man who's going to send you the t-shirt Hayden Williamson, I'm going to have him autograph a shirtless photo of himself. That'll just come in the box. So <laughs> that's what you're going to get. Let's go. Submit some surf sim videos to us. To be clear, do they need to submit the sin in practice or just them explaining what the sin was that they performed? Explaining the sin. Just like you explain, you don't have to reenact it. That would be, I, if, yeah, don't reenact it. That's just, you're not going to do well. Okay. Just have some fun with your setting. I like the idea of anonymous. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give too many tips away. Actually, interpret it as you will, but you don't have to reenact it. Just confess, have some fun with it. Let's say. And I've seen Hayden's chest. You want to win this prize. You want to win the prize. We'll get you a T-shirt. We'll get you the autograph photo. Let's say. Let's go two episodes. He's got a 42-inch chest. I actually, he told me yesterday. Does he? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So let's go. I guess. Next episode, we'll do a normal sin. The winner will be announced two episodes from now. All right. So you've got two weeks to submit it, have a think, and get ready. I mean, it's a new year. You want to start it clean. So go out there, confess, get it done. Oh, and happy holidays. This is going out on what? Christmas Eve or something. So enjoy the, hopefully you get some time off, see your family, uh, whether you celebrate Christmas or any of the other ones or none of the other ones just have a great time it's a good time of year yep yep it's a great time of year eric logan bed bath and beyond we'll see you next time thank you as always for listening to the drop and we are really really looking forward to your video submissions for the surf sin and yeah i mean it's been a great week in surfing it's holidays right now but still so much is happening the site is popping off with all these different things as buck mentioned now is the best time to get a stab premium membership because not only are you going to have a cheaper price but you have a chance to win some pretty amazing prizes so go on in there get it while it's hot and of course until next week over and out